instead of focusing so much on healthcare, what is important? What's important is believing in Jesus. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Welcome back to In Grace. This is Jim Scudder, and today we are going to talk about the world's oldest man and the wicked world around him. Can you imagine this? You live to be 969 years old. What? Uh, How many wrinkles would you have? Well, listen, I think things were a lot different before the flood. We know that people lived a lot longer. Adam lived 930 years, and and people lived a long time. And then there was a drastic fall off in the age of humans after the flood. Some lived quite a while, Noah and his sons, but then there was a pretty steep drop-off. And now we get 70, 80, and maybe a little bit more, 90, but people are still dying and we'll never be able to avoid that because we are under the sin curse, the curse of original sin. And again, something drastically changed after the flood. We're not positive exactly what happened, but we're going to talk more about the the world before the flood and how wicked it was. And we're going to start talking about Noah. We've talked about the creation, the fall. We've talked about Cain and Abel, but now we're going to talk about the wickedness that was prevailing in the world. It kind of seems like what's happening today, the violence, the, the pushback against anything that is right and moral and the world in the days of Noah. So these are important topics and we're going to cover that today. We're also going to talk about an obsolete item that I had some church members bring in and you'll really love this one. Also, let me remind you that we are on television tonight on TBN or anytime on YouTube or Roku. Search for In Grace, and once you find us, pass on our programs, share them with other people. The gospel's on all of them, and we would love for you to watch In Grace. I know this part is the part that you all have been waiting for. What is under the black curtain, right? Right, what has gone obsolete? And our challenge has been, Bring us something that you know what it is, but your kids or grandkids have no clue. And so far, I don't think they've guessed any of these things that we all know, or at least our parents probably know. Okay, so are there any children that would like to help me? I, I'm going to have you come up. Come on up. While well, her hand shot up. Okay, are you ready for this? Okay. You want to do a countdown from three? Three, two, one. What do you think that is? I have no idea. Okay. Okay. So someone said it. It is a rug beater. That's a rug beater. Now, how many of you have actually used one of these? Not on your husband. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to demonstrate... And I want you to give it a really good whack. I tell you what, you stand over here. I'm going to stand over, hold on, here. And I want you to give that thing a really good, (sighs) just kidding. (laughs) Okay, so what they would do (laughs) is they would, uh, you know, beat that. No, no, we're not doing it again. (laughs) I know you're winding up. You must have played baseball or something. 
Uh, and they would, they would clean their rugs this way, right? Before, no, I, you're, you're scaring me, girl. Okay, that was awesome. You can put that back there, and you're not ever gonna use that on your brother, right? Okay, thank you for helping us out. Let's give her a huge hand. Wow, I don't know if I've been so scared up here before. She's just winding up and ready to go, and I actually did that this week with um, one of our staff members. I brought it in to the uh, video department, and I said, you guys know what this is? No, so I said, here, hold this, and I had to hold the rug, and I whacked it so hard, and he about, well, he did fall over. He did fall over. Well, there are certain things in this world that go obsolete, actually quite a few things, right? And and a lot of it's technology. It just goes so quickly, um, either out of vogue, out of style, or just out of use because it's not as useful as the newest, latest, and usually cheaper thing. And we have something that here in our church we find very, very precious, and that is the Word of God. The Word of God. Now, this is an ancient book, truly, uh, the, the last uh, part of this was penned over 2,000 years ago. Parts of this book are way older than that, you know, 3,000, 4,000 years old. And so how could this book be relevant to me today? How can this book actually give me an answer in our modern, complicated, technological world? Well, I'll tell you one thing. First of all, all of man's problems are almost always the same century after century, okay? All of our problems are almost always the same. But this is not a book that is dead. The Bible actually says that this is alive, that these are words of God. And if God's alive, his word is alive, and his word can affect your life. Now, we do divide up our Bibles in, uh, in churches, in our Christian life, into two divisions. We have the, uh, the first two-thirds of the Bible, which is Genesis to Malachi, and that, that's a, a really, really big chunk of the Bible. And we call that the Old Testament. It's probably better to call it the Hebrew Scriptures. Uh, and then we have the, the, the second third um, of the Bible, and that's what we call the New Testament. And people wonder, if we call it the Old Testament, does that mean that we don't really need this part? Is it irrelevant? Is it old in the sense that it's not really needed or useful anymore? And there have actually been some preachers that have been minimizing the Old Testament. I'll I'll tell you this. We need the entire Word of God, okay? It's one story. It's one story. Uh, the, the New Testament is the story of the Messiah has arrived and is coming back. The Old Testament is the story of why we need the Messiah and the predictions and types of the Messiah, okay? But the Messiah is here. The Old Testament is old but not irrelevant. Uh, it's, still, it's still relevant. Isaiah 40, verse 8, it says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but say this with me, The word of our God shall stand forever. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Amen. Amen. Now, my title today is The World's Oldest Man and the Wicked World Around Him. 
Do you know anyone that's 100 years old? Do you know anyone right now and they're alive and, and you know them, they're 100 years old? Raise your hand and hold it up. If you know someone right now that's 100 years old or older, okay, there's very few hands. There's very few hands because it is very unusual to get up to 100 years old. Now, in Luke, the Bible, the physician, Dr. Luke, gives the genealogy of Jesus, and he's going back to Adam. The Bible actually is very careful in being accurate scientifically. The genealogy is listed for Christ all the way back to Adam. I don't know about you. Do any of you know your genealogy past maybe a few generations? Very few of us really do. But the Bible, it's so important that we have the genealogy of Christ, and Luke contains that. But in Luke 3.36, the Bible is mentioning the son of Noah, which was the son of Lamech, which was the son of Methuselah. Now, the spellings are different, but it's the same person. Methuselah. So, first of all, who's Noah? Who's Methuselah? And then in Matthew, Jesus and his Olivet Discourse, as he's about to go to the cross the next day, he's predicting that there's going to be, well, he's going to the cross within a few days, but he's predicting the future. And Jesus says, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So who's Noah? Who's Methuselah? What were the days of Noah like? To answer these questions, you really need to go back to the Old Testament. And actually, we're going to jump back or dive back into the Old Testament book of beginnings, Genesis. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 5, and we're going to talk about who these people are. It says in Genesis 5 verse 4, and the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth. So remember last time what happened? Cain killed Abel. Uh, the, the tragedy of murder. And the, the, the wickedness and the violence that that perpetrated upon us even today. We're still suffering from violence and murder and shedding of blood. So... Adam and Eve had another son after that whose name was Seth. Now, Seth is going to be a very important person. He's in the genealogy of Jesus. Uh, it's it's a, a, a line of individuals that came from Adam and Seth that, and Noah that would be what we would call a godly line. They weren't godly because of their lineage or who their parent or grandparent is, and you're not godly because of your parents or grandparents, but you're, if your grandparents and parents were godly, it is very likely you will be because you've seen the value of that in their lives. You've seen the, the genuineness, and you've seen what it can do. You've seen the blessings of godliness, and so it is likely that you will also be godly. Step into the captivating world of ancient history and discover the inspiring story of David, the Shepherd King. As a token of his gratitude for your amazing support, Jim Scudder Jr. is thrilled to offer you an exclusive, beautifully crafted Psalm 23 bookmark, absolutely free. This elegant keepsake is a symbol of our appreciation for your generosity. 
And when you give a gift of $35 or more, you'll receive not just one, but five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you give a generous gift of $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition 16 by 20 canvas print portraying David, the Shepherd King. To claim these remarkable gifts, call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. They lived a lot longer, 930 years. Imagine that. Seth lived, the Bible says, 912. His son lived 905. His son lived 910. And then we come to his son, 895. He didn't live quite as long. His son, Jared, lived 962. His son, Enoch, lived 365. You say, wait, wait. Enoch only lived 365. What did he do wrong? He actually did something right. The Bible says he walked with God and was not. So we feel like Enoch was taken and therefore hasn't died yet. So he's actually the oldest man. (laughs) Methuselah, though, his son lived 969 years. So Methuselah is the grandson of Noah. Okay? The oldest man that we have any record of is Methuselah. And he was the grandfather of Noah. Noah lived 950 years. We're going to talk about, in a, in a few minutes, something really drastic happened after the flood and after the Tower of Babel. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But we were born to live. Our bodies would perpetually re-energize and repair themselves. And they tell us that you almost have nothing in your body that you had 10 years ago. Almost your whole body is brand new every 10 years. You say, it doesn't feel like that. No, in all seriousness, that is what your body is doing. It's always replicating and, and, and changing out parts and pieces. They say, because of cell turnover and replacement, most of the organs in the body of a 90-year-old man are about the age of a 10-year-old child. You say, well, then why do we die, right? But again, there's something that doctors still don't understand, what, what we call aging, that you just cannot continue to live forever. We, we can understand it because the Bible tells us something happened in the Garden of Eden. But they still lived a long, long, long time. And by the way, I don't think you were all shriveled up at 90 or 100, and then you had another 800 years of shriveled up and hunched over. I'm sure it was, it was a, a similar progression of aging, although you probably did mature quickly, about the same rate that we do. But once you're into that manhood, it probably slowed way down over the entire span of nearly a 1,000 years. So Methuselah wasn't all decrepit and old at 100 or 200 or 300 or 400, maybe at four or 500. He was a 40-year-old uh, analogy. Now, who is the oldest person in the world that they can verify the birthday? There's actually a woman, Maria Morera. She was born in San Francisco on March 4th, 1907. You imagine, she's alive today, as far as I know. 
She's living now in uh, Spain, I believe. But that's the oldest verified person on our world today. Why are people not living as long? Well, look at the Bible in Psalm 90 in verse 10. It, it gives us an age, and this is the this is generally the age that we've been at for a long, long time. Even though we have great advances in health science and medicine, we've increased the, the longevity of, of life, but it still isn't that much more. It's, it, is, it is longer, but it's, we're not, we probably hit a brick wall. It's not going to get too much more, okay, just because of whatever sin has done to us and some other issues have happened, and we'll discuss that in a minute. But Psalm 90 says... The days of our years are three score. Now, this is an old English term. A score is 20, so that's 60, and 10. So if you've done the math, that's 70 years old, right? The days of our years are 70 years old. And that's, that's typically the lifespan uh, until more recently. Maybe now it's around 80 years old or something. But then it says, and if by reason of strength, like if you're like, a little above average, you're going to live four score. That's 80 years, okay? In Bible days, and actually not too long, that long ago, and these are still pretty close to what we're doing today. Something happened, though. Look at the flood and see how the, the lifespans got shorter and shorter and shorter. And then, again, we have the Tower of Babel, and then we have another decrease in lifespan. So now we've, we've gotten closer to you know, 100 years or so, something happened that really decreased the age of mankind. What was it? Well, we know that, that conditions were really different before the flood. It seems because of tropical foliage and different things that the earth had a more temperate climate and there were probably different factors of oxygen and uh, maybe a higher atmospheric pressure, different magnetic fields. And if you have all of this, Maybe that was part of, uh, there was something blocking the UV rays, okay? There was something that was unique about that time before the flood. When the flood came, things really changed. Now, we also know at the flood there would be a genetic bottleneck, right? Because you have all of humans, and Adam and Eve would have had all the genetic possibilities that you see all different skin colors and, and hair colors and eye colors and heights and, you know, so many differences in in us, uh, that would have been all in Adam and Eve. And then there's this bottleneck because only Noah, his wife, and their sons and their wives made it onto the ark, and so everyone else was killed. So whatever genes that they had had would have been the ones that were passed on. So there's this bottleneck there, and there would be another bottleneck at the Tower of Babel because now you have people groups, all the uh, sons of Noah and grandsons of Noah went were dispersed all over the world, and now you're kind of stuck in population centers. You're not intermarrying back then. And uh, then you have those genetic things that are happening, which is a, a mutation. Mutation is something that is affecting your DNA, and it's never adding information. That's why evolution is wrong. Evolution says these mutations are beneficial, and you're adding information. Absolutely not. Evolution is actually de-evolution. Okay, there is no such thing in, in science. They, they say there is, but they say that just because they don't want to agree with this book. Okay? Now, 2 Timothy tells us that there is someone that defeated death. Everyone died. Died. Adam, Seth, Enoch, Jared, 
Uh, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, everyone died. But 1 Timothy 1.10, it says, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath, what? Abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So instead of focusing so much on healthcare, and I think you should be careful and you should be um, wise and, and those, in those areas, I think that can consume you and you're really not gonna get a whole lot more days of your life from all of that. What is important? What's important is believing in Jesus. And then you can escape death. We were at the uh, Egyptian Museum a, a number of years ago. I was reminded of this this week because my brother-in-law, Pastor Neil Darian, and myself are filming a uh, new series about the Exodus. We're going to go to Egypt. I'll be in Saudi Arabia. And we're going to go film at all the different locations that these things happen. Years ago, we had been in the Egyptian Museum, and uh, there's this uh, section where the mummies are at. And have any of you ever seen in person the mummies of, of Egypt? Um, they, they didn't look so great. And now, they were really, 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 really old. They were thousands of years old. But even with all of that, the bombing, the mummification process, the science of that, they looked awful. They looked absolutely terrible, okay? So that night, Julie, my sister's here. She remembers this. We go from that museum and we go to the pyramids of Giza and we're there for the night light show. And there's this big booming voice and it was really pretty and the big, the big voice says, and then the pharaohs found a way to escape death and obtain eternal life. And I'm like, no, they did not look so good. If that's escaping death, I don't want that. But we can escape death and that's through faith in Jesus God becoming man, living the life you couldn't live, dying on the cross, rising again. The resurrection is the key. Putting your trust in him, believing in him, and you will have everlasting life. And we'll talk more about Methuselah and the wicked world around him next time on In Grace. And I hope that this series is blessing you. We're pretty simple here at In Grace. We open the Bible, we preach it, we believe it. We believe that it is exactly what God said, and it's going to give us the answers for now and eternity. And so if you'd like to support In Grace, let me tell you how I can thank you. First of all, uh, this first thing that I'd like to do is not for a gift. I mean, you can still send a gift, but either way, I'm going to thank you just for listening by sending you a really neat exclusive item you can only find from us. It's a bookmark, The Lord is My Shepherd. There's a beautiful painting of a shepherd watching sheep with a sunset in Israel. And I just think of King David who wrote The Lord is My Shepherd, the shepherd boy from Bethlehem, and the other shepherd from Bethlehem. Jesus. Both were shepherd kings. And so this is a really nice reminder as you open your Bible with that bookmark to remember the Lord is my shepherd. 
Now, this is free. Just contact us and I will send it to you. Now, if you do want to support In Grace, we do need your support. We want to reach more people. You can pay it forward by supporting In Grace with a gift of $35 or more. When you do, I'm going to send you five of these bookmarks. You can keep one and give four away. And then also I'm going to send you a brand new series about the shepherd king, King David. It's called Discover Hidden Israel 4, a four-part series filmed in Israel. And that's my way of thanking you for your gift of 35 or more. Now, some of you say, hey, I really want to bless in grace. I want to really see more people saved. So if you give a gift of $250, we're going to send you the video. We're going to send you the five bookmarks and we're going to send you a beautiful 16 by 20 limited edition Psalm 23 canvas print. The Lord is my shepherd. Beautiful, beautiful painting that was done here by one of our staff. We would love to thank you for your generous gift to in grace. Don't forget your Psalm 23 bookmark, absolutely free. Also, for $35 or more, get five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you generously give $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition 16 by 20 canvas print. Call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace. P.O. Box 9. Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.